is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site completely free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian and Mark. Uh, We're going to go right into your phone calls to start things out. But then coming up, Mark, you're going to tell us about a garden, actually more than one apparently, that is, uh, is under attack. I think one. Okay, and this is uh, happening in Toronto. The government is literally tearing plants out of the ground. That's right. Uh, we'll give you the details on that. But first, to, uh, excuse me. First, we go to Tom listening in New Hampshire. Uh, Tom, you're on Free Talk Live to start out the show tonight. What's yeah. on your mind? Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. More recent, uh, a few days ago, I guess a uh, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol agent uh, gunned down a 32-year-old mother of five in Southern California after she allegedly bumped into him. Uh, with her car, it's a little and, more than a bump. Uh, I mean, the guy, the guy was on the the uh, the windshield um, in this circumstance, and I don't know what happened to that lady, what kind of medical situation she had, but he fired four four bullets right into her through the uh, glass of the windshield. And uh, this morning, however, uh, U.S. Border Patrol goon Nicholas Ivy got himself gunned down in Arizona. And uh, they're still trying to figure piece it all together, but uh, it was gunned down near a uh, heavy drug trafficking route and near the border. And so, uh, yeah, you know, it's uh, like, hey, uh, always remember that they deserve it. Oh, God. By the way, you know, also, I, I sent. Uh, I don't know if I agree email. with that, Tom. I mean, I understand that, you know, what goes around comes around, and that if you do violence, you know, you live by the sword, you're likely to, to die by it. I mean, I get all that. But I still don't think that uh, you know, that people deserve to, uh, you know, to get hurt. I think that what they should be getting is uh, is to you know to be forgiven, and they need to stop what they're doing that's wrong. I don't I don't relish uh, you know when other people perish in this insane police state system that we have, even the oppressors uh, themselves, because everybody you know everybody has a chance to turn around and, and at some point they they could they can become a different person. Uh, I mean, I was just looking at Barry Cooper his website nevergetbusted.com he just did a redesign recently and i mean he's a great example of that our friend brad jardis as well these are our two men who uh, have come out now in in favor of ending the insane war on drugs uh they are speaking out publicly and in a very courageous manner about that and you know had they perished uh, you know, at the hands of anybody at the, in the past they wouldn't have been able to to uh, to make those changes and help bring other people on board with these ideas so uh, well, to, you know, anyway, to, to relish in it, I think, is out. it's kind yeah. of twisted. Can I point out here uh, that uh, I sent uh, emails to both of the U.S. senators from New Hampshire. I point out to Senator Kelly Ayotte, by the way, whom I ran against uh, in 2010 for the Republican nomination, saying, uh, you know, if it turns out that uh, he was killed trying to bust drug dealers, his blood is on your hands and on the hands of the people who voted for you. They didn't pull the trigger, but they pulled the lever. And I I sent one to Senator Jean Shaheen asking her, so do you want to legalize drugs now, or do you still want to wait until more federal law enforcement? I think that's the best point you make, Tom, and I thank you for the call tonight. I think that the point that because the war on drugs is happening, police are dying. How many more police have to die before these politicians will consider ending the war on drugs? I think that's a pretty strong point. I think but so, to too. to relish in it, 
in the death is is pretty sick. Politicians tend to uh, hold up police and uh, you know the the like more so than they do the rest of us. It's uh, not fair. It's uh, it's wrong, uh, but that's true. They do. Yeah, I mean there are pe- all kinds of people dying every day in the war on drugs. Whether it's people that are participating in using drugs or acquiring drugs or selling drugs and obviously they're the they're considered the lowest on this totem pole but there are all kinds of innocents that are caught in the crossfire and i think that uh, to some extent those those people are ignored uh, especially if their skin color isn't the popular one with whomever it is that's reading the story so you know you'll see that but at the very top of the list are the police officers the uh, the, the brave men and women who are prosecuting this war on drugs who are trying to keep the drugs off the streets as if you're ever going to keep the drugs off the streets as if (laughs) the drugs have been kept off at all yeah i mean when you bust a giant truckload of of marijuana what have you done you've inconvenienced some users they'll find something else you've driven the price up for a brief period of time but i mean there's always more weed out there they're always gonna get it that's right I mean, if if one truckload, one semi truckload of beer doesn't make it to your town, is everybody not going to be able to get beer? Be serious. It's just somebody's just going to fill in the gaps. Let's get to the gardens here in a moment, Mark, because I've got a related story to this that came out just a couple days ago, September 30th. This is a birthday message for marijuana prohibition. So it's a pretty much a related topic. Uh, it's from Vivian McPeak at the Seattle PI, blog.seattlepi.com. I saw this actually through Jody Emery on Facebook, who is Mark Emery's uh, lovely wife, and he is sitting in a prison cell right now uh, awaiting his release in another couple of years for distributing marijuana seeds. He was extradited from Canada to the United States for the simple purpose of having to sit in a prison cell going through some show trial uh, at the federal level and then being locked away for helping people get sick people get medicine and helping people grow plants. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous what happened to him. And this is, he's just selling the seeds like so many other websites do on the internet. Right. You can buy seeds through um, through the internet. You've been able to buy them through lots of different sites. The only person that I know of that they've ever put in jail is Mark Emery. And it's because yeah. he's a marijuana legalization advocate. Activist, yeah. So he is a political prisoner if I mean, by, by right. most people's definition, I, you know, I mean, you can think what you want about marijuana, but if they're not going after these other people, if they're not going to Sweden and Norway trying and other other Canadian sites trying to arrest the people that sell seeds on the Internet to the United States from those sites, then it's obvious they've gone after Mark Emery for a reason. Yeah, not only is he a political prisoner, but he's not the only one. Uh, we've got, obviously, uh, the, well, the Pirate Bay founder. We're going to talk about him tonight and what uh, his conditions are. Of course, Bradley Manning as well, and they certainly aren't the only ones. Uh, Pussy Riot over in Russia, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Those are only the more recent stories and the ones that we've heard about. I read a story from uh, Russia that the Russian Orthodox Church is coming out for the uh, release of Pussy Riot if... They repent of their sins. <laughs> I, I highly doubt they're going to do that. I think they're going to sit it out. Uh, let's go on, though. Here's the story from Seattle PI. Happy birthday, marijuana prohibition. You are now 75 years old, well past retirement age. You have accomplished so much. You must be very proud of yourself. You've largely conquered the world. You've spread your policy, policies of persecution and subjugation from nation to nation, perpetuating the expansion of a prison industrial complex that would have made Stalin proud. 
your righteous crusade against a largely benign natural plant and all who dare to embrace it has been the status quo for an entire human lifetime or better. Ever since you were conceived by the Rockefellers and promoted by their henchman, Harry Anslinger, you have been relentlessly waging a campaign of hate, terror, and brutality on a populace that is almost totally non-threatening. Using the tactics of yellow journalism, racist bigotry, and outright lies, you have sabotaged and minimized that which makes America great, constitutional liberty for Americans. You use the United States military against its own citizens on American soil. That is unprecedented. You've invaded the homes, the cars, the businesses, and the bloodstreams of millions of otherwise decent, law-abiding Americans in order to advance your campaign of misery and suffering. Yeah, this is one thing that uh, you know that many people don't realize that came comes along with the war on drugs. Even if you don't do drugs, the constitutional freedoms that you're supposed to have, that your children are supposed to have, they've been eroded terribly by the war on drugs. So. I mean, whatever this free country was that was handed down by our forefathers, you know, fought for by their blood or whatever the terminology is, it's not what it used to be, and it's not what it used to be because of the war on drugs. Absolutely true. You've seized homes, cars, boats, bank accounts, and property from tens of thousands of American citizens, often with no due process or even a conviction. You've pitted neighbor against neighbors, parent against child, and teacher against student in an effort to create a nation of simple stool pigeons. We've got more on this in moments. 855-450-FREE. Your thoughts are certainly welcome. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of these airwaves. 1-855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have on the site. Uh, We give them away, and they include our mobile site. Those of you with a smartphone, all you have to do is go to m.freetalklive.com, and you can tune into our streams that we have available to you. Uh, There's the broadband, midband, and narrowband versions of the show. They're all free, and they're available around the clock, so you may listen at your convenience over at listen.freetalklive. Excuse me. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com on any computer, but if you've got a mobile phone, it's m, as in mobile, dot freetalklive.com and of course the streams like the rest of our website are totally free the free state project one of the longtime sponsors of this radio program is your best chance at liberty in your lifetime if you actually want to be around other like-minded liberty-oriented people who are not just liberty-oriented but also active in their liberty liberty orientation in that they are getting active in politics, civil disobedience, media creation, outreach, all kinds of different projects are happening here. Of course, there's a great social scene as well. Uh, you really should go to freestateproject.org and learn more about this movement that is more than just an idea. It's actually happening. There are over a thousand people here now as part of the Free State Project in New Hampshire. Over 12,800 are signed up 
to make the move, and we want to reach 20,000. So we still got a little ways to go, and you can help over at freestateproject.org. Uh, we'll continue here with the blog from Seattle PI, and then we'll take your calls about what's on your mind. Get the uh, blogger here, Seattle, or Vivian McPeak. She's a Pacific Northwest-based musician and social justice activist, and she's letting it, letting prohibition have it. That is marijuana prohibition in particular, but generally her statements also apply to the rest of the drug-using world. It's just that people are afraid to address that issue. A lot of the people that are, support marijuana uh, decriminalization are either they don't understand full drug decriminalization and why it's a good idea too, or they're just afraid to talk about it because you know they know that other people don't understand it and so they don't want to broach the subject. But either way, continue here. She's talking about how prohibition is uh, it's having its its birthday. Its 75th birthday was two days ago on September 30th. And uh, she's talking about how it's ruined lives, pitted neighbor against neighbor, parent against child, teacher against student in an effort to create a nation of simple stool pigeons. You've thrown millions of human lives into the incinerator of injustice while you line the corporate pockets of your benefactors with enough money to purchase the facts straight out of the mouth of the truth. You have co-opted history bypassed the U.S. Constitution, and favored building building prisons over schools. You know, a lot of people are worried that if you legalize drugs that people more people will get addicted to them. Now, not only is this countermanded uh, by the facts when you look at places like Portugal, yep. which has had— uh, Drug few, addiction's down by about 40 percent. Yeah, they've had uh, drug decriminalization for several years there. Over a decade. Yeah, and uh, when you look at Amsterdam and, you know, what's going on there— the, Anybody know, that looks at the statistics, the real truth about the matter will make it. It'll make it'll be pretty clear that prohibition is far more dangerous than the drugs themselves. Right, and I mean, you know, a lot of people they just fear and they don't look at the facts. Right, but you know, when you when you think about it, just compare it to what we know today. One of the most addictive substances on the planet, tobacco, is legal in the United States. Now, certainly there was a time in the United States when people, you know, thought it was great to to use tobacco and that kind of thing. But the fact is, it's down. And it's not down through making it illegal. It's down because there's been a campaign, an advertising campaign, and Mm. it's just kind of changed the way people feel about tobacco. Information and social ostracism works a whole lot better than cages and dogs and, uh, you know, tasers. It's a lot less costly, too. Absolutely. You paved the way, she says, for radicalized social control, resulting in the mass incarceration of Americans, particularly Americans of color. You have effectively created a brilliant tool for voter suppression among minority communities, in that if you get arrested for a felony... In most places, you don't get to vote. Not most places. Really? Yeah, it's Wasn't not that most the, is it, it was that way in Florida, though, it right? It was certainly that way in Florida. How many states is that? I, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a bunch of them. Not too many. Huh. A okay. handful. Interesting. Uh, most states believe correct, that if you're corrected. safe enough to release, that you're safe enough to vote. Hmm. But, you don't uh, have to get that right restored or anything like that? It's automatically? As I, I don't know the rules in every state, but uh, even in, hmm. in Florida, you know, they'll, they'll restore the rights to some people, but uh, not violent felons. <laughs> it's crazy. You can, they'll release you on the public, but they won't let you vote as you, if your vote really matters. You've selectively enforced your madness on people of color, the poor, the infirm, and an an entire counterculture. You've strong-armed your way into our homes, pulled Americans out of their beds in the dark night, laid them on the floor in their nightclothes, and brutalized them as if they were terrorists. You have stripped Americans of all—and by the way, just to go back to another point you made, 
don't hear that statement and think, well, that won't happen to me. I'm not a drug user. Well, if they get the house wrong, the house number could transpose a digit here or there, or perhaps an informant gave them bad information. For whatever reason, they have absolutely raided people's homes and held people at gunpoint. There's a couple of stories in the last week yep. where this happened. Yeah. Where, well, In one case, uh, husband and wife were held, just older couple were held while they uh, searched yeah. around. They yeah. laughed at them. The, the police laughed at them. They did fist bumps above their heads. Oh, uh, you wow. know, they, they destroyed their house, and they refused to do anything to repair it. And it was the, the city, wrong house. Yeah, it was the wrong house. Yep. The city doesn't care. Nobody cares. They came in. They destroyed these people's house, and nobody cares. In another case, um, a man grabbed for a gun to uh, defend his home against intruders that he, that he had no idea what was going on. They smoked him. They wasted him right in his living room, right in front of his, uh, you know, some, some house guests and his wife. Just blew him away. Don't, neither one of these cases could they find anything in these. They couldn't find so much as, uh, you know, an out-of-date pill bottle in either one of these houses. Because that's what they'll do oftentimes is when they bust the mm. wrong house, then they'll, they'll go searching up. and then they'll find something. Yep. But they couldn't find anything in these homes. And they had to admit that they killed a man that was just trying to protect his house, an innocent man. And they had to admit, they had to admit actually, they didn't admit in this case, they didn't even apologize, as I understand it, to this couple that was uh, handcuffed. No one died there. What's the big deal? Well, uh, by the way, board operator over at GCN found an interesting link here uh, the felon voting or felonvoting.procon.org. I was going to look that up. Uh, he got it. And in 12 states, you may lose your vote permanently after being a felon. In 19 states, so more than half of the states uh, total, you've got significant restriction. Uh, term of Your vote is restored after your term of incarceration plus parole plus probation. So then in 19 states, you'll get your vote back. After... The term of incarceration. Plus parole, plus probation. So, yeah, I mean, that's... As not, soon as you're completely released from their sure. system, you'll get your you'll get You're your not going to be able to vote on probation. That much is true. I, yeah. I don't think that that counts in my... That wasn't counting, in, to my mind, what I was trying to give advice there. So but you still got a good 12 states before that, that uh, some felons, felons may vote depending on the state crime committed, time elapsed since completion of sentence, and other variables, but they're the most restrictive. So 12 states are very, very restrictive. 19 states... Pretty restrictive. Four states, it's just the term of, car- term of incarceration plus parole. And then 13 states in D.C., it's just the term of incarceration. Two states allow you to vote while still incarcerated. That's crazy so. to me, um, the vote while incarcerated. Why? Some towns, uh, the largest Why population. That what's that? Why is that crazy? Because in some towns, the largest population exists in the jail. That's awesome. So, I mean, the the, the convicts could actually, <laughs> I mean, in, unless they pass some law against the convicts. I mean, like some well, guy gets out. Hey, you, you check get it out, out, Mark. You get out the day before you get out. Looking for Vermont. You mayor. The two states are Vermont and Maine, our neighbors. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. More about prohibition in moments. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site. We give them to you, uh, including news updates. Get signed up over at news.freetalklive.com. We'll send them via email to you. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And if you're following us on Twitter and Facebook, you're going to get more than just news updates. You're going to get updates during the show. We'll uh, tell you about some of the stuff we're talking about on the air. We'll give you those links. I just posted the article about prohibition there uh, for you. And uh, in addition, it's another way for you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners on Facebook and Twitter. You can go to news.freetalklive.com. In fact, it is Twitter Tuesday, so if you tweet something at Free Talk Live, and by the way, I was informed yesterday, Mark, via a post on Facebook that apparently I've been doing it wrong uh, when it comes to Twitter, which isn't a surprise because I'm still a noob, basically. What have we been doing this now? Two months? Two and a half months? I wouldn't say it was that that long. Uh, maybe two months then. Uh, so apparently, if you tweet, if you tweet at, and then you t- type stuff, it doesn't show on other people's feeds. Really? Uh, that's what I'm told. And uh, so, I mean, I'm I'm believing what I'm told. But if you put something in front of the at Free Talk Live, so if you tweet, "Hey, I love at Free Talk Live," or some you know whatever it is you put in front of it, even one character, if you put in front of at Free Talk Live, it will show up on your subscribers' feeds. I don't believe it because I sent a uh, tweet to, to Joe Rogan mm-hmm. the last week sometime. Yep. We're going to be out in L.A. and I was uh, going to see if he wanted to meet up, maybe do an interview, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I haven't gotten a response, but that that's beside the point. I tweeted to him and then uh, a listener tweeted to him also saying that you should get with these guys. They're all about liberty or something like that. Mm. So, well, maybe they were looking that. at our feed. They may not have seen that in Could their feed. So it'll show up on your feed, but it won't show up on their feed as something that they're subscribing to watch. Does that make sense? Uh, it makes sense. So anyway, still Twitter Tuesday. If you tweet something at Free Talk Live, even if it starts with at Free Talk Live, we'll go ahead and follow you back. But uh, starting next week on Twitter Tuesday, we want to follow uh, only people that tweet something at Free Talk Live because the idea is to you know get Free Talk Live's Twitter out there in the Twitter sphere. And if it's not posting to your profile or whatever it's not showing up on your wall or whatever it's called then it's not being very effective if you understand this better than ian maybe you should call in and tell him <laughs> 855-450-3733 i do my own radio little program that's affiliated with free talk live it's called the edgington post and there i interview people whether it's you know it's people that i've seen that are out sort of out there that have interesting information i want to share with my audience or people that maybe uh, advertise with the program and get an opportunity to talk about their products a little further. But I do all kinds of interviews on the Edgington Post. Today I spoke with a woman who, uh, Pam Oaks, from Pam's Motor City, and you can um, you can go check out that interview at soundcloud.freetalklive.com. Right now it's the top thing on the page, yep. but it's going to get knocked down as the hours go by because Free Talk Live produces a new show at least every day. So at least every day there's a new That's show right. there. So it's soundcloud.freetalklive.com if you want to find out how to save money on gasoline, you increase your fuel mileage. Prohibition, according to seattlepi.com. It's there. It's Prohibition's 75th birthday, by the way, as of a couple days ago. You have stripped Americans of all dignity and stuck them with a stigma formerly reserved for child molesters and communists. You have treated them worse than common criminals who do not face the routine sanctions, fines, forced drug classes, and forfeitures that people accused of drug crimes, with that in quotes, endure. You have lied in court, falsified evidence, framed innocents, entrapped citizens, and used people as informants, sometimes at the cost of their lives. 
Remember the story about the college girl oh, yeah. in Tallahassee who got busted for some pot? They uh, told her that she could get out of her charges by informing on a dealer, and she ended up getting shot in the drug deal. It happens. Yeah. Uh, you've uh, So she says, you've ruined futures, broken families, and stolen children from their parents. You've poured enough resources into your campaign of hate to build tens of thousands of schools, daycare centers, hospitals, and food banks. Instead, you've built prisons, privatized them, created incentives to lock up Americans, and then profited greatly from it all. Yeah, I want people to, to, uh, to consider what the prison population in the United States has done in the last three decades, how it's grown. To the is, largest in the world. Is, is, was crime, did crime increase so much? I don't think it really, not real crime. No. Certainly the use of drugs. Violent crimes are going down. The use of drugs don't seem to really be affected by the war on drugs. They keep throwing people in jail and people people keep on doing drugs. 1.5 million arrests per year. So that's not, that's not effective. I I mean, is, is, is America that much more dangerous or that much less dangerous as a result of this, uh, this mass incarceration that's going on? Or is it just a huge drain on your pocketbook? Because I can yeah. tell you one thing is Americans are paying a heck of a lot more in taxes than they di- they were three or four decades ago. You've enjoyed uncompensated prison labor and a mountain of working people's taxes, which you then use to lock up millions with impunity. You've helped to jail more citizens per capita than any nation in human history. It's not just per capita, though, right? Isn't it total population of jailed people? Yeah. Like it is per capita and total population. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you've cooperated and conspired with tyrants, despots, and dictators, all in the name of justice. Right, and this is another important factor. This is not limited to the war on drugs, but the United States government was a government where people rebelled against a tyrannical king. Now, I don't think that King George was very tyrannical in comparison to plenty of the despots that the United States has cooperated with throughout the years, mm. certainly not the least among of them being Stalin. Um, you know, I mean, and, and if you and if you consider the ship of the damned where uh, the United States refused to let some Jews in from that were trying to escape from Germany, you know, there's certainly some cooperation with Hitler because he took yeah. those Jews back in and killed almost every single one of them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those are just the, the those that's that's minor collusion compared to the relationship the United States has with Saudi Arabia. Those people are kings over there. That's a that's a fiefdom. And you- it doesn't stop. You've promoted stereotypes while you've spread pure, raw, unadulterated hatred. You've divided Americans and fractured our society. You've caused murders, suicides, and suffering beyond imagination. You've denied the sick, the elderly, and the terminally ill relief from suffering by denying them access to medical marijuana, and I might add all the other drugs, because we don't know what all the wonderful effects are of everything that's prohibited, because no one's able to study it. Hell, you've even persecuted crippled, broken, and dying men and women and then tossed them into jails and prisons like caged rats. Sure do. Uh, What was it? A guy in Florida got, uh, what, 25 years for a prescription medication or something like that? Yeah. In a wheelchair. Uh, You've denied medical care, treatment, and medicine to prisoners, and you've made possible untold prison rapes. You've ignored presidential commissions, scientists, physicians, and journalists in order to manufacture the consent of the American public. You've lied, distorted, twisted, fabricated, insinuated, and attacked the truth in a vicious crusade that has been part of the most well-funded domestic government policy ever known. You've declared an internal war against citizens of your own country. You've undermined, that is what the war on drugs is, by the way. It's a war on your friends. It's a war on you. It's a war on your family members. It's a war on your coworkers, your loved ones, everybody here. Everybody that you see in your daily life, 
they are the ones who are being fought against in the war on drugs, whether or not they're drug users. It's true. Not, it's not just the people that – because you know people that do drugs. You may not even know that you know people that do drugs. That's true. Trust me. You know people that do drugs. And it's not even just them. It's you know all the people that are caught up in this, this peripheral violence that goes on in the war on drugs. And consider that uh, people commit crimes to get drugs. That wouldn't occur if these drugs were legal. Think about the legal drugs out there. People aren't committing crimes generally to get them. You've undermined a general respect for the rule of law among many of America's youth who can clearly see through the hypocrisy of treating cannabis like it's a poison. This is what happened to you. Uh, sure, yeah. And, you know, it's kind of one of the good effects of it. While allowing poisonous alcohol and tobacco to be legal, you've endangered the lives of law enforcement officers with no just cause and caused animosity between citizens and police that will take years to undo. You've diverted resources from investigating actual crimes and distracted from them. Yes, happy birthday, Prohibition. You've done well. You must be so proud. You've spread fear, mistrust, paranoia, shame, embarrassment, and hate all over the globe. And now it is time for you to retire, old policy. You are ashen and gray, heartless and cold, soulless and unfeeling. You're evil, and it's time for you to go. You cannot have America, and we're going to take her back. She's not, she is just now learning of your lies, your hate, and your destruction of liberty, freedom, and justice. I don't know if I'm going to get America back. I don't know if I want it. We can come back and talk about that and take your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE and take control of the airwaves. 1-855-450-3733. You can, of course, support the program if you would like. There are different ways to do it. One of those ways is by shopping with us at shop.freetalklive.com. And at shop.freetalklive.com, you'll be able to access different vendors like Amazon, where you can click into the right Amazon for you, Amazon US, UK, or Canada, different Amazons there. You click into the right one that you uh, on, at which you'd like to shop, and then everything you buy, pretty much, we're going to get a cut of. It's the same great Amazon experience, same great prices, free super saver shipping, the huge selection that you're used to. All of the stuff you're used to about Amazon is their site. You're just entering through our affiliate link, basically, and so they remember to send us a cut of the sale to essentially reward us for sending them the business. So thank you to everybody who takes the time to visit shop.freetalklive.com. It only takes a moment. It does, and it takes less of a moment if you go there once, click the link that you want to use, because obviously you don't need to go every time through the same U.S. Amazon link if you're in the U.S. Once you click that link, you can just bookmark it in your bookmarks and then just go back to the bookmark, and then you're there even faster next time. So uh, shop.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done and help Free Talk Live. Gene is the Christian anarchist calling from Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Well, hello, guys. Hey, Gene, what's on your mind tonight? I want to talk to you guys about a sad story that that I hope will open up some eyes of people that are planning to join the military. Okay, please. And... uh, it's because the military thinks that you're their property, basically, that they mistreat people. 
this is a story about a young man we know just just passed away a couple days ago hmm. at the ripe old age of 38. Um, he was on a helicopter that flew through some cloud after blowing up in a munitions dump somewhere overseas. I, I thought it was Bosnia, but that didn't really make, I mean, somebody told me it was Bosnia, but I didn't know that we blew up any military dumps in Bosnia, so I'm not sure that's the case. Well, it's not like they're going to give you a, uh, a mission uh, debriefing either. Yeah. But at any, any rate, somewhere they were in a helicopter, a bunch of guys, and they flew through this cloud of, of, uh, of who knows what left over from a munitions dump exploding. And I don't know how many years ago that was, but now of the men on that helicopter, two uh, preceded this man in death, uh, all of the same uh, uh, form of lung cancer that normally young people don't get. So we don't really know what was in this cloud, but it's pretty obvious to the average intelligent uh, person that something they did over there caused these men to die of lung cancer when mm. they didn't need to. I mean, they were they were all young men. So I just wanted to let people know before they suit up and go out there to kick some butt that, um, number one, I'm not so sure that you want to go over there and kick butt because you don't know whose butt you're kicking and you don't know why you're kicking their butt Yeah, because, they, because there's no mission statement, there's no... Uh, there's no exit strategy. There's no nothing. I mean, they just send you over there. They tell you to go kill kill brown people for whatever reason. They won't give you one. And uh, then they expose you to all kinds of hazards besides bombs, the obvious bombs, missiles, and bullets. You've got uh, environmental exposures that may come back and bite you 5, 10, 15, 20 years after you've been home. So I just want to caution people before they... Uh, sign up and decide to uh, give five or seven or 20 years of their life to um, going overseas and fighting for more than likely a banker or an oil company or something of that nature, that they might want to just stay home and go to college and maybe raise a family and try to take care of their own rather than uh, getting involved in something like that where you're not going to get, you're going to be abused, you're going to be used, and who knows what will happen to you afterwards. But yeah, I know well, after, well, we know what happens afterwards if you make it through the experience. Uh, if you make it through with all of your body parts intact, it doesn't mean your mind is, is intact. And uh, we know that they're basically you know, disqualifying these veterans as much as possible from getting any kind of treatment. You know, the supposed treatment they were promised when they get, got into the military, oh, I'll take care of you for the rest of your life. And then after they get out, they're told, oh, what's that? You've got PTSD? Well, you've had it for your whole life, so... Uh, See ya. Yeah, and uh, of course we're in the medical industry, and Medicare is basically doing the same thing that the VA is doing now. And you know, the Medicare patients, all the older people, they're complaining because doctors aren't seeing them because they have Medicare, but they don't realize the bottom line is Medicare is causing people to jump through a lot of hoops. That's costing them a lot of money. And they don't pay a lot of money to see Medicare patients. So basically, the system is designed to collapse. It is collapsing. Um, Medicare patients will not be able to find doctors in the future. Wow. And, yeah. uh, and you're, uh, you're an office manager at a doctor's office, right? Uh, we, own a, we own an office, and my wife is the doctor, yeah. 
And so, I mean, you know, you see this every day. And, and you know, doctors aren't turning down profitable relationships. They're turning down unprofitable relationships. But, well, and, and Medicare is, number one, right now, Medicare is on a big push to collect more money from the hospitals. You've probably read some stories about hospitals being uh, audited and all this stuff, and now they're saying that if you don't uh, properly discharge the patient or whatever, right. that the, you know they're not going to pay the hospital. Basically, Medicare has written so many rules to follow. Now, it has nothing to do with patient care. Don't think that any of these rules give you better patient care because they don't. All they do is make loopholes so that Medicare can come back and deny paying the hospital, deny paying the doctor, and I guarantee you in the next few years you're going to see just all kinds of actions by Medicare against hospitals and against doctors and against clinics claiming they didn't jump through some certain hoop to get paid, and they're going to be demanding that those hospitals, doctors, and clinics reimburse the payments that were paid. It might amount to hundreds of thousands or maybe even a million dollars. That will put those people out of business. And then they're going to be screaming because there's no doctors left. Uh, well, they'll, but the, uh, you know, I think that I think that the ultimate plan, it really is just to put the doctors out of business so that they can then create this socialized uh, medicine mm. system out of the ashes. It's speculation, conspiracy theory stuff, I know, but it, <laughs> it doesn't seem like there could be any other result. That will be the result, whether it's intended or not, that will be the end result, yes. That's certainly the direction they're going in, and you've got uh, presidential candidates, the main two, that are, you know, right there on board with it. I mean, you know, Romney Care in Massachusetts and Obamacare at uh, the national level, the idea that these guys are in any way different uh, is absolutely ridiculous. Is there some kind of debate going on tonight, by the way, or that tomorrow or something like that? It's happening soon. I, I heard rumor you. that there's some kind of debate. I wonder how vapid and... Absolutely. Some kind of a boring debate that won't be yeah. worth watching, yeah. won't be worth yeah. spending your time at. Gene, thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you tonight at uh, 855-450-FREE. And that's Gene, by the way, at the top of our Facebook uh, page profile at facebook.freetalklive.com. The picture of that. picture the, of the, car, the man in, uh, driving the car, the uh, Ron Paul, what was it? Uh, Corvette. Corvette, yeah, with Vermin Supreme sitting in the, the passenger seat. So um, Bill Clinton got a great deal of accolades for his speech at the Democratic National Convention because it was full of facts. And I'm using my uh, quotation marks here. Certainly, um, you know, some of them were facts and some of them were some cherry picked things. But, you know, they fact checked him and most of the things he said was true. But there's still ways to lie with statistics. And he certainly wasn't not guilty of that. However, the reason he got all the accolades was because he's the only one who's talked facts this whole campaign season. Hmm. If you try to get the, the you know Ryan and Romney to talk facts, they're dodging. They're just saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, the president screwed, president screwed things he's up. He's bad, that other guy. And I'll agree with you, the president screwed things up. But, uh, you know, like the, the guy's not applying for the job. He's just saying the guy in the job stinks. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only other possibility. Yep. Well, except for uh, Gary Johnson from the Libertarians, Jill Stein from the Green Party, who are actually, apparently there is that lawsuit in play uh, to open up the debates. So it'll be interesting to see if that uh, gets ruled on and or has any kind of effect. Don't get your hopes up (laughs) because they're asking the government courts to rule in favor of open government, of, you know, more communication, of more choices and, and more, you know, more options. We can't have that in this country. I know you guys talked about that in detail, I guess, on Saturday night. Right. 
So folks can go to freetalklive.com and download Saturday's episode to get a lot more on the idea of opening up the debates and presidential candidacy and things like that. Yeah, we're actually going to be um, sponsoring the free and equal uh, debate. Is that going forward? That's it, interesting. And uh, Free Talk Live is going to be a sponsor of the free and equal debate. And Do we know who signed on to debate at that uh, particular event? As I understand, four of the top uh, – four of the six candidates that were uh, invited So did they agreed. invite the ones that could in theory – win that they're on enough state ballots enough you know ballots to possibly no. win no nope, some of them are just i think they have to be on some ballots okay um at all all right so 855-450 free we'll tell you more about that i guess as we get to the details yep. 855-450-3733 coming up bureaucrats are pulling plants out of the ground in toronto we'll explain why and uh, it's ridiculous hour two's next Hi, I'm Richard Grove of TragedyAndHope.com, and thanks to the help of Mark and Ian here on Free Talk Live, we've created this call to action to help raise awareness for John Taylor Gatto. In 2001, former New York City and State School Teacher of the Year, John Taylor Gatto, published The Underground History of American Education, detailing how public schooling creates obedient workers and debt slaves. Now John delivers a message which he calls Your Birthright. It's titled The Ultimate History Lesson, and it's a five-hour journey illustrating how and why our public schools are dumbing us down and what we can do about it. Therein, referencing more than 200 footnotes and 30 classic texts. John suffered multiple strokes in the weeks after filming this interview, and he's in need of your help as he continues to recover. Please click the banner on freetalklive.com and enter the coupon code FTL and we'll send you the ultimate history lesson on four DVDs plus a free 15-hour MP3 bonus DVD. Thank you for tuning in and not dropping out. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want, toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. As we launch here into the second hour of the program, still to come, the story about gardens being ripped up, uh, plants being ripped out of the ground, a garden in Toronto, at least one uh, public community garden being torn apart by government bureaucrats. Mark's got that story. We'll talk more about that here in a bit. But of course, we'll take your calls about whatever's on your mind. That is the point of this program. 855-450-FREE. Let's jump right into Craig, listening in Kentucky. Craig, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah. Uh, guys, how do they come up with uh, your guys' program? I mean, I believe I believe you guys when you tell when you, with your stories, but where do you come up with your statistics? The gentleman earlier talked about uh, he owned uh, the building in Tennessee, and his wife was a doctor. Yes, and they were worried about Medicare, Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, worried about have they had to pay back? Uh, would not possibly have to pay back uh, monies that. Uh, that were not billed uh, correctly. That's right. He was talking about a news story that's uh, currently out right now about uh, hospitals releasing patients improperly within a 30-day window or something like that. I'm not entirely, you know, I've I've read the story briefly, but I don't know, you know, I don't know everything about it. Right. Usually if we're relating some sort of information, uh, it's either coming from us, a news story directly that we're sharing with you, in which case we'll cite it, or it's coming from our memories of having recited something 
some sort of news or story previously. If a caller gets on the air and says something, then it's a caller saying something, right. and you have to take that for what it's worth. And you have to take it for what it's worth when we say something. And usually, if we're recalling from memory, we'll say something to that effect, uh, but not uh, always. Yeah. So please, if I we're wrong about something, me. correct us. No, I, I would. I'd never. I mean, if, if anybody were wrong, I would. Uh, I would research it before I would say somebody was a liar. Sure, sure. Most definitely. Um, I just that that was my question, and I've had I've had similar similar problems with. Um, I'll give you an example. I had uh, procedures that were done, and it's, I'm not. I'm, this is not the blame. I'm not. This is not a blame that I'm going to place on anybody. But I had a tumor, uh, a uh, infiltrate, in my lung, and. Uh, which I were, I've worked in the coal mines, and I know I've got black lung, but I had a, a tumor uh, and uh, possibly still got it. I don't want to have a biopsy done. Hmm. But um, they um, this it took three times, three trips, three different CAT scans, three, three different CAT scans to determine that I had a tumor one and a half uh, by two centimeters. You'd think they'd figure that out on the first CAT scan, right? Well, you you figure they could, but, uh, but you know nobody's perfect. They make mistakes just like everybody else. But, yep, um, they're humans. I, I, I just I, I wonder why can't we come up with a system? If somebody's got a million dollars in the bank, why can't they pay ten percent of that million dollars towards their health care? Why can't they pay a hundred thousand dollars for an operation? If I've got a million dollars in the bank, I could pay ten percent. Are you asking, let me see if I'm clear, you're saying this is a question for everybody or just rich people? I I missed that point. Well, listen, um, this is for everybody. I mean, rich people, uh, uh, if you're a millionaire or if you've got um, $10,000, pay 10% of $10,000, pay $1,000. And would this be, are you suggesting this would be some sort of a government program? $1,000. I'm just trying to clarify what you're saying here, Craig. Are you saying that would be a part of some kind of government program? That would be a go. That would be a way to help fix the the medical uh, the healthcare issue. I mean, everybody everybody pay ten percent of of mm. the cash if they've got the cash to pay it. That's, well, you've already and people are already because, paying you know upwards of fifty percent, uh, if not more, of their income to the government, and that hasn't helped anything. I think that uh, you, I mean, the, the problem is you need to fix the uh, the issue at the root. You need to go and strike at the root, repair the problem at the source, and throwing more money at a situation that's uh, inherently broken isn't going to solve anything uh, because well, the government has broken health care. Well, Two percent of the population, isn't it? Two percent of the population are, are, are the people that make the big money. Two percent of the population, right. because I know when I worked when I worked in the mines, I I mean, I mean, it's you you make uh, at the time at the time I was working, you make twenty twenty five thousand dollars a year, thirty thousand dollars a year in the mines working, or if you have a good job or or whatever. Or for sure now, I, I mean, I'm not for sure, but. Um, uh, it, there seems to be a way to fix it without having to tear everything down and 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 
kind of renovate it instead of start over from the beginning because you'd have to change your government, wouldn't you? You mean no, no. Well, well, I mean, you'd have to change the government in that you'd have to get rid of a lot of it. Uh, but otherwise, that's the only thing you really need to do to fix things is to just let the marketplace handle healthcare and get the government the hell out of the way. I mean, the reason why healthcare is so expensive—well, there's several of them, but they're usually government-created reasons. The FDA and all of its regulations and costs uh, and it's uh, that it forces on these various different companies. Of course, you've got uh, Medicare redirecting and redistributing people's wealth and bureaucratically approved of ways. I mean, there's just so many examples out there of how government is interfering. Of course, I'm just talking about the you know the, the federal government. There's also state government and local government programs as well. But essentially, they take money and they use it for their bureaucratic purposes, which may or may not be in line with uh, your best needs for your health care. And uh, so the... You know, it's it's not about rebuilding some sort of system. It's about allowing the marketplace to operate and getting the uh, the, the barriers out of the way. You know, um, one, right now we we. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. I just I just want to back up what Ian says, and I think it's really important that people just don't understand that there was a time in this country when patients and doctors made you know they they came up with the price between themselves this was before insurance companies insurance was uh, you know a, a a part of everyday life and that kind of thing and prices have really risen since then i'm looking at a uh, what they call the impossible solution to healthcare here and well, it's if- it's uh, it what it's talking about is the rates of giving birth in a hospital back in 1952 and Back then, you could have a semi a private room for nineteen dollars. That's the whole shebang giving birth. Nineteen dollars when you when you at move this, that up to to, point, to today's money, you're still talking time, about less than five hundred bucks. At this point in time, though, we can't. You can't. You can't get a private room. Oh, oh I know. Five hundred dollars? Can you? No, no, you can't get anywhere near it, and no. it's because of all the government solutions. Remember, the government spends more than 50 cents, even before Obamacare comes into play, more than 50 cents on every dollar is a government is government uh, money. It's uh, Medicare, Medicaid, these these programs. And that's the government money and the government mandates is what screwed up medicine at this point. Well, it also those programs increase demand for various types of health care services that otherwise people might not necessarily seek out. But they do because they they think it's going to you know, the costs are going to be covered. So why not go and get whatever the, the treatments are is the way people look at it. And so increasing that demand, the market is unable to respond to that increased demand in an appropriate manner. I mean, it's no easy task to go out and build a hospital with all the government regulations involved. And uh, and of course, why are you going to build a hospital if all it means is you're just going to get more Medicare money in? There's no money to be made on those jobs. So instead, you just end up with overloaded an overloaded system and, and no, like you said, private rooms. There's no the, the healthcare systems. One one system that we have that we have more we have more demand than we do supply right now. Yep. Right, and the That's only reason the why problem. you don't have as much supply as you do demand, or more supply as you do in most market uh, situations, is because That's of the right. governmental I'll meddling. Well, I, I agree, but that does that drive costs up when you have more more demand than you do supply. That's true, and but that, it also that, in, it also it. sends market signals to the suppliers that hey, we need more supply. And in the case of like computers or uh, consumer electronics or any other market based uh, segment that is not as uh, as regulated as healthcare, then they just scale up their production. 
And then they, you know, the, the more supply comes because some competitor, if the existing companies aren't doing it, the competitor will see money to be made and they'll jump into the game. But you can't do that in healthcare because of all the regulations. And so it keeps people out and keeps the, res- the supply restricted, keeping prices up. And it's a mess. Thanks, Craig, for the call. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can ask Gene or anybody else in the healthcare business and they'll tell you this stuff. Uh, this is Free Talk Live, 1-855-450-3733. You can share your thoughts. Take control of the airwaves. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. And uh, you can also support the show in a variety of different ways. And one of those ways, you get stuff, too. Like, you can get gold and silver and support Free Talk Live at the same time. That's right. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. We've, we've teamed up with Midas Resources, and Midas Resources is a company that owns Genesis Communications Network, which is our syndicate. And so we're closely allied with them. I've done some business with them as far as precious metals. Ian, you too? Oh, yes. Gotten, uh, more than once. Yeah, me same here, more than once. And I've always had good service from Midas Resources, and uh, we have had, we of course, been endorsing their products for a very long time. I expect my listeners to respond whenever they have any kind of trouble. And even when there has been incidences, it's always taken care of very quickly. So you can go to gold.freetalklive.com. You'll get some of the best service and some of the best prices on precious metals. A lot of people getting precious metals right now, whether it's as a hedge against inflation or an investment, because it does look like gold's moving upward. It was a big kind of a uh, uh, jump yesterday. Oh, really? Yep, there was. Um, it kind of went back down a little bit, you know, the correction thing. But anyway, gold.freetalklive.com. All right, let's go to the phones here. Continue with your call. Still to come, the garden tear-up that's happening in Toronto. But Gene is on the line first, listening in Maine. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Good evening, Ian. Hey, Gene. Enjoy your program immensely. Thank you, sir. Uh, Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, first point, whoever wrote that uh, the uh, piece that you wrote concerning the drug war, spot on. <laughs> right on target. Yeah, we Secondly, posted the link over at uh, our Twitter and Facebook if you want to go find that. Of course, it'll be on the BBS later as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, the second point is that uh, you know, you're talking about health care, and, and truly agree that the government has made it much more expensive than it needs to be. Uh, a few months ago, I was listening to a podcast of Lou Rockwell. He interviewed this gentleman. I believe his name was Chris Smith, the medical director of the Surgical Center of Oklahoma. I would urge people to okay. Google that, look at it. They list prices that are anywhere from a third to a half less than what large hospitals would charge for a procedure. And that includes everything. It includes uh, any follow-up. It includes uh, anesthesiologists, any specialists other needed. It's amazing, and uh, a few weeks ago he was interviewed on uh, Russia TV, uh, Lauren Lister's show, uh, Capital Account. 
I would watch that video. Uh, he explains how, not trying to take the wool out of the previous gentleman's uh, wind about doctors losing money, but they're still able to recoup some of those some of the money that they claimed losses. Doctor Smith goes into detail. I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but there are free market practices going on in medicine. I mean, you have to search for them. Another another instance is a, a company called Selfcare, where they sign up doctors throughout the country. Where pretty much go in, you pay cash, uh, no waiting, no insurance forms, no nothing. And they free up their time because that frees up time for them to care for more patients. Obviously, yeah. There's these well, legends of doctors that are still taking just cash, and I've that, met one. Yeah, and that you can uh, go and get uh, service from them, and you can pay you know less than half and get uh, get in and get out, and it's just uh, you know everything that seems like it's wrong with doctors' offices seems like it's right with these uh, these operations. He was working out of his house. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I was going to make one more point. Um, I had the uh, experimental procedure done about six years ago. Yeah, what was that? I'm sorry, you cut out. Experimental procedure, sorry, I think. Yeah, I had the experimental procedure called LASIK surgery done to my eyes about six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this, you know, there's a procedure. Uh, insurance companies wouldn't touch it because it's experimental. But as years have progressed, the cost has come down. Yep. To have this procedure done. So, um, you know, anything that the government doesn't touch or anything like that, because it goes under, under it goes underground anyways. It, they get to be cheaper. So. It's true because of competition and because the market's allowed to actually work uh, without having yep. to jump through a bunch of bureaucratic hoops. Absolutely right. And, and, and in this case, it's just between two people, patient and the doctor. There's no third party involved. Thanks for sharing your thoughts tonight, Gene. Anything else on your mind? No. You guys continue on. You guys have a great program. Very good, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the call. 855-450-FREE. Sometimes uh, those doctor's offices will uh, be, you know, overly staffed. Those uh, doctor's offices that do LASIK will be overly staffed. And I wonder how much that has to do with running sort of an eye doctor's office at the same time. Because a lot of the times uh, with doctor's offices, they're, they've got all this extra staff in order to fill out the paperwork that the government wants in order to do their business. And obviously that doesn't need to be done with LASIK. And I'm just kind of wondering how much, uh, how much they, you know, that overhead is passed on to the people who are getting LASIK. Let's continue with you and your thoughts. David is listening in Virginia, Mount Jackson area to WSVG. Hey, David. Hey, good evening, fellas. How are you? Welcome, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. I wanted to run something by you. I, I've been doing some, some research on what I believe is the illegal occupation of our legislative branch here in Virginia at the state level by attorneys. By attorneys? Yeah, by attorneys. I think it's illegal for them, at least in Virginia, to serve in our legislative branch here because under Virginia law and according to our Supreme Court's website here in uh, over in Richmond, attorneys under Virginia law are members of the Virginia State Bar, which is an agency of the judicial branch of government. Okay. So I, I wonder if... All attorneys who are licensed to practice law have to be members of the judicial branch of government. How is it that they're allowed to operate within the legislative branch of government while holding membership in the judicial branch? Excellent question, David. Yeah. We've got to let you go. Your phone is terrible. Appreciate the call tonight, Is that though. his phone? That was his phone. Okay. Uh, it is very interesting. I mean, you know, is that some kind of uh, collusion or something? Because... 
if the attorneys are members of the bar and the bar is a member of the legis- or the judicial branch and then they run for office and become members of the legislative branch you know when would they have to give up their membership to the bar and they obviously they don't now is this uh is this some kind of violation of the checks and balances that are supposed to be supposed to be inherent in the government? Well, wasn't the Thirteenth Amendment originally supposed to be a prohibition on uh, attorneys being res, uh, state or uh, U.S. reps? I I've heard this uh, this, but I don't know. Well, I believe that's you know I believe that is true. I, I've I've looked into that when people mm-hmm. made that call, and they've said they've said that to us on the air in the past uh, that there was original prohibition. I call, on, I remember something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, the original idea was, hey, these lawyers shouldn't be representatives. I don't know what the percentage of people in of, – of lawyers are that are in the you know, House, the Senate, the state houses around the country, but I would be willing to bet just I'd, – I'd be willing to bet $1,000 that that number begins with a nine. Mm-hmm. Let's continue here. We've got Agony calling from Austin, Texas. Agony, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Me all right? Yes, sir. Go ahead. All right. So I went to a Chalk police event yesterday. Excellent. So did I. Uh, um, well, my experience was a little more negative than the one that you had. That figures you're not in Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, tell you what, I want to hear more about your experience, so stand by. We'll get back to you here in a moment. More with Agony calling from Austin at a Chalk the Police event where uh, police are known for arresting people for video cameras down there in Austin. Uh, they've been attacking the the leader of the Peaceful Streets Project, or the founder of the Peaceful Streets Project. They've arrested him multiple times, 855-450-FREE, because he's been you know standing up for himself and recording the police. So we'll see what happens with Chalk the Police Day in moments. It's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online. Head over to freetalklive.com. Get interactive there. There's a lot of stuff to be done on the website, and we give it away to you. Those other talk show hosts, they want five, six, seven, eight bucks a month from you, and then you can get into the archives. Then you can get into the webcam. Then you can get into the message boards. But we've got all that for free. So you can, and, the, and more, you can actually control the content of the site itself uh, at freetalklive.com. So get over there, get interactive, and then if you like it, we've got a way for you to send us a few bucks a month. So once again, freetalklive.com. If you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI can handle that for you. SACL CAI sponsors our phone lines here at Free Talk Live. And uh, one of the principals over there, Jason Osborne, is a big supporter of Liberty. And uh, consequently, a big supporter of Free Talk Live. So if you've got a company and you need to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI can handle it, and they can handle it in a way that respects you and your clients. You can see the ban- their banner at freetalklive.com. You can click through, see their website, 
It's freetalklive.com. Their banner is the top one on the right-hand side of the page. Circle CAI. Yes, indeed. Great uh, great organization. Longtime sponsors of this program and other liberty-oriented events and shows out there. So uh, let's go to the phones here, and we'll bring Agony back in Austin. Now, Agony, you had called to uh, tell us your story from yesterday. Uh, the Chalk the Police event was happening across the country at various different locations, put on by copblock.org. They were the ones spreading the idea, and I'm glad to hear that other places were doing it. I heard there was one uh, elsewhere as well. I don't know what the total count was, uh, but I know we had one that was very positive here in Keene and that the uh, police officer actually came out and joined us uh, for Chalk the Police and chalked a smiley face. The video and photo of that is up over at freekeen.com. So we had a very positive day. No arrests, no uh, threats from the police themselves. The park bureaucrat didn't like it very much, but that was about all in the negative response we had. What happened in, uh, in Austin? started out at Austin City Hall, and there were about 12 people there, and nothing really serious happened there. But then we walked down to the Austin Police Department headquarters, and a couple people chalked on the wall there. And then as we were walking back to Austin City Hall, uh, officers stopped us and said that uh, that talking would be considered a criminal mischief. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, so that's another one of these catch-all crimes. Um, you know, I mean, if a behavior should be considered illegal, they should have taken the time to find it, uh, you know, the, the, some legislative body, whatever they are, city or state or whatever, should have taken the time to make it illegal, rather than the police just making stuff up, because that makes them judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah. So what happened? So... Uh a bunch of other officers came by, about maybe eight or nine more, so that they could detain all of us and question us. Whoa. Yeah. And? So, and uh, one of the people in the group had all of his belongings with him because I think he was homeless, and the police really liked to target target those people sure they do they know they don't have any resources uh they can't hire a lawyer and uh, they probably don't know their rights yeah so i think he actually had outstanding warrants so, so they, they arrested him. him yes they arrested him okay but not for chalking i i don't believe so and uh so they told you it was going to be criminal mischief they then detained you did you ask if you were being detained and what was uh and you know what was their probable cause to detain you? They said that uh it would be criminal mischief because uh the chalk it doesn't damage anything, but they would have to send someone out to wash it off. Yeah, that's their claim. That's what they claimed in Manchester, New Hampshire, when they put a demo in jail for sixty days for chalking was that uh they had to, you know, call out the uh the fire department with their fire truck. And, and that's a speech issue because, uh, now think about it for a second. If it was kids chalking um, rainbows or we love City Hall or whatever it is that they were writing out there, then they wouldn't take that down. They would just, you know, they just leave it and, you know, like chalk, it would come off as time goes by. But since it's speech they don't like, then they got to take it down. And that, that speech... Any yeah. other thoughts you want to share? Anything else from your story? I presume you guys stopped chalking after the threat? Yes. Um, there was actually another person arrested, too. For? For, um, he was detained, and I believe he refused to identify himself. So they arrested him for, like, uh, obstructing government justice or something like that? 
I, I didn't hear what the charge was. Is there any website uh, on which one can learn more about this particular uh, event? I, um, I believe there is someone there from the independent media. Okay. So you could go to austin.indy.org. Austin.indy.org or Indie Media or whatever it is. Uh, thank yeah. you, uh, Agony, for the call and the story tonight. Uh, glad you didn't get uh, arrested, and I appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, I hear a lot of good things about Austin, and I, I, I know there's some great activists down there. Uh, John Bush uh, and, of course, Catherine Bleich are two of the uh, the primary ones. We know them because they come up here pretty often to visit New Hampshire. Uh, but... You know, it's a bigger place. It's a lot bigger than, I think, any of the cities in New Hampshire. And the bigger a city is, the more uh, the more difficult it is to hold the police accountable. The more difficult it is to even know who the cops are. Yeah, in here a larger in Little Keene, they have to live in this community. Well, the police don't have actually have to live in Keene in but, order to work in Keene. But I understand what you're saying. It's a much smaller community, so it's much easier to kind of keep an eye on them and know who they all are. And uh, so, you know, we didn't have that experience at all uh, yesterday. And in fact, it was about as positive an experience as uh, chalking has ever been. And I hope that we have more of it. In fact, I suggested that uh, next year we have a chalk with the police day and invite the whole department <laughs> down. I think that'd be fun. It'd be funny. And uh, and it was great to have an officer uh, chalk with us. And it was unexpected. I kind of, you know, figured so that they'd laugh at your off. messages anti-police that you were chalking? Because chalk um, the police day sounds anti-police. I, do, I can't say I read every single message in the park. I mean, we literally had the whole park. Uh, there was one area of the park that, a lot of people there. that had some wet uh, spots. So that, that part was not chalked. But otherwise, everything that was dry uh, in the park, which was the majority of the, the chalkable area, mm-hmm. was chalked up. I did not read every uh, one of them. There may be some photos that uh, that were taken that you might be able to ascertain that. But I didn't see anything that was explicitly anti-police. I had chalked uh, KPD, please stop arresting peaceful people. That's not anti-police. I would that think just, not. That just says to them, hey, we'd appreciate it if you'd stop doing this. And maybe then you could focus on, oh, you know, murderers, rapists, uh, people that are violent. That'd be nice. I'd like the police more if that's all they were doing. I really would. In fact, I find many of them likable people. I just don't like it when they put other likable people in prison and jail. That's what I have a problem with. They really should stop. And the more people that ask them to stop, uh, the more likely they're going to do it. So, like, uh, in here in Keene, uh, which is where we're doing the show, Keene, southwest corner of New Hampshire, they have these parking meters, these kiosks. You probably have it. If you're in a, if you're in a larger city, you probably have these. The ones you walk up to, and they kind of handle 20 spaces instead of the one meter right. per space thing, the old system. Uh, this it's like a Not computer. the kind that Cool Hand Luke was cutting off. Right, right. We have those in Keene, the one meter per space kind of situation. And they the proposal was, well, we're going to change this to the kiosk. And they had their reasons for it. The main Mostly reason screwing was... screwing you. Well, they wanted to screw the activists, but the main reason was they thought they were going to make more money off of it. Like a hundred thousand right. bucks extra per year for yes. what is normally a four hundred thousand dollar a year department or something, and so it would have been a pretty significant increase if it worked out. But the pushback they received from the community was so significant that the police chief actually had to admit, "Yeah, we're not going to do this. This and, isn't going to work." Yeah, and they pulled the uh, they put, they had put a couple of them in to do a test run, and that's when all the negative feedback started pouring into these uh, to the cops, and th- that never would have happened in a bigger city. Like in a bigger city, it would have just been, they would have yep. just installed them and that'd been it. Pay the ticket, shut up. Yep. So you have a, a greater ability in these smaller places to have a larger effect. 
So I really wish him the best down there in Austin, but if uh, the Peaceful Streets Project really wants to have a chance, it needs to be done here in New Hampshire. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. People that love liberty have to get together in the same place. If you keep, if you, you know, if you stay far apart from everybody all across the country, you're just going to spin your wheels and watch as your friends get arrested and nothing ever changes. 855-450-3733. More coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number, 855-453-1855-450-3733. And join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have waiting for you on the website. As I mentioned previously, if you like the fact that we give you the web, uh, you know, the webcam, the message boards, the, the whole site, I mean, everything there, it's free if you like that, then there are ways to support this program. The AMP program is one of the most important. Uh, Mark, you were just asking me about our talkers convention that we're going to be going to next week, actually. Oh, boy. And, uh, yeah, next uh, Thursday we're going to be out of town. Can't tell you how thrilled I am to get into a to get felt up by the TSA, get on a plane, fly across the country, go sleep in a cheap motel. <laughs> go it's going to gonna t- be the cheapest motel thus far that we've like we've never slept in uh, a place this cheap at one of these conventions because normally they're in Manhattan and uh, you know there's always not really cheap sleeping options in Manhattan, but uh, in LA it's a little different. The, the conventions we used to go to were at kind of fancy hotel so the best place to be was in the hotel because you know you'd have like a meeting with somebody after hours and come to your room and it's convenient to have it in that hotel so we would stay there but this one is like a one-day event it's in and out and so they didn't book a hotel for it they booked like a theater some kind of theater in in hollywood i I forget what it's called but uh so they're they're not having it at a hotel and so we get our we get our pick of uh, hotels and one of the closest ones is the travel lodge (laughs) <laughs> right down on Sunset Boulevard. I'm bringing my earplugs. <laughs> but it's good news, though, because we're Are there two say, beds this time? It, I don't know. I think I asked for that, uh, but I honestly, I don't recall. And uh, so, My life but, is a living hell. But the good news is we're going to save the amplifiers some money on that. Yay. And uh, it's the amplifiers that are sending us to these events so we can schmooze it up with the big wigs and talk radio, the, you know, the program directors and the general managers and the, you know, the people that make decisions. Uh, those kind of folks are going to be there. So it's important for us to be there. And it's a Free Talk Live AMP program that makes that possible, uh, which helps us get on more radio stations around the country, which brings more Internet listeners on board with uh, the ideas of uh, brings more listeners on board with the ideas of freedom. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only podcast forum, and more. Head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls. Tom is in Detroit. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you again. been trying to uh, listen to you regularly. Perks uh, really turned me on to you guys, and uh, I just can't. I'm addicted. Anyway. Welcome, sir. Go ahead. 
you guys uh, brought up some interesting topics tonight. Uh, one gentleman called in, and he was talking about you know people being donating or however he saw it as you know if you have a million dollars you could give ten percent blah 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 to the uh, medical insurance or whatever you want to call it. Basically, people and, being charged for medical procedures based on uh, ability to pay. Right, and I I myself I'm fifty one years old. I have been uh, a member of the Life Extension Foundation for probably 20 years. Uh, I spend roughly $2,500 a year in supplements, and, and most of my I, I take 37 pills a day. Oh boy! And most of my, yeah, most of my friends think I'm an idiot. That's like a whole meal. <laughs> that's that's actually what my girlfriend <laughs> says. That's your second meal. But you know, I tell you what, if you saw what I look like and the shape I'm in, you'd be surprised. And my, my point is, the whole point of this is they have been, they're a completely non-profit organization. And I know most people say, oh, yeah, baloney. And uh, one lady that I know that uh, uh, sells uh, uh, another supplement, uh, she's one that the Olympic team takes, doesn't matter. She argued with me one day about that, and she researched it herself, and she says, you know, you're right. They are a non-profit, and they fight the FDA constantly, and they... Every month, they bring out the best magazine you could ever read if you join their organization. It's very inexpensive, and, and they keep you up to date of what they're, what they're battling against. The FDA right now is in the pocket of our, all the pharmaceuticals. Sure, sure, of course. And, and so is you know, our, our medical uh, or our insurance industry. Is, uh, is Their hands are bound. They now, can this only... is the Life Extension Organization. What's it called? Life Extension? It, it's called Life Extension Foundations. And do find... they support transhumanism? What's that? Do they support the uh, the melding of humans with robots, with uh, that sort of technology? Uh, I've never seen it. I've never read anything about that. I don't know about that. Okay. But, it, but, but, but I am telling you right now, this organization is the, the best uh, money spent. It's LEF.com. Uh, you know, again, it's LEF.org. I think it's that kind of, it might be okay. I'm sure you'll find it if you if you look it up on uh, on Google. You know, I appreciate you bringing that up. Uh, so you've never heard of uh, the idea that at some point there, I think it's Kurzweil who was talking about the, oh gosh, I'm, I'm spacing on the, the, the name of it, but the, there's a certain point at which uh, you... The singularity. Single, thank you, singularity, uh, at which humankind, or rather the machine pro, the computer processing will essentially eclipse the processing ability of a human mind. And then machines will, uh, you know, improve themselves. They'll do their own code upgrades, and uh, artificial intelligence will be very, very good. Uh, and essentially, will begin. You know, the the options will be available to meld humans with uh, essentially turn us into cyborgs. Uh, with the eventuality likely being that uh, all biological sort of uh, existence will go away, and essentially will become a, a machine race uh, down the line. Uh, which well, of course. That, are you saying that as a positive or a negative? It's kind of because most people would be like, oh, my God, what's he talking about? It depends that- on how you see things, right? So, I mean, right. it depends on your perspective. To me, it's positive. I mean, anything that can extend our experience here, uh, I think, is a good idea. That's what you're looking into. And I'm, I'm, what I'm suggesting to you is that there's going to be more than just pills uh, available in the future, that there will be treatments that will put things like nanomachines in your bloodstream, and they will keep you uh, healthier longer. For but you have to be able to live long enough to get the nanomachines, right? Right, like another few decades, for instance. Uh, they have spoken of 
that, and it's and I want to make sure that you understand. It's not I hate the word pills. Okay, the the pills that I take are actual supplements. They're minerals, yeah. uh, uh, vitamins. The, the the food that we're eating right now, the the foods that are grown in the ground are nowhere near as uh, 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 what do you want to say potent or uh, you know they don't give us the vitamins and minerals that our 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 forefathers had. They just don't. Our grounds are being depleted. So if you don't take these supplements, you're robbing from your body and you won't know it until you're older. And then that's when you'll pay the price. This is an interesting uh, theory, right? I mean, I've, I've heard of it before. And the idea is is that the, the minerals and the stuff existed in the ground at one point, but it's basically been leached out. And then the way that we dispose of uh, these of, of our waste doesn't put it back into the ground. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Um, How does it not get back into the ground? Well, where does it come well, from initially? Well, the ground. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't get back into the ground because it's being leached out. It's turned over. We try to fertilize it. We try to add what we can. But after you do this, how many times? I mean, these industrial farms, and I'm not saying they're wrong. I, I you know, they, they produce the food and we get our food cheap. But uh, they, they are just not, the, the grounds can't keep up with everything. It's just that simple. Hmm. There's millions of us eating this food. There's billions of us now eating this food. Tom, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. I've had people theorize in different ways, Ian. Either they could take rocks and crush them up. You could do like crush rocks up and uh, push it, you know, basically get them into the soil in order to create more mineralization Mm -hmm. there. Or... Uh, but you could get sea seawater and somehow use the seawater as um, uh, you know. You'd have to remove the salt, but not remove mm-hmm. the minerals. And this is, of course, a difficulty. Um, and be able to fertile, you know, grow your crops in in this manner. Um, I you know I don't know anything, but uh, it's 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 interesting. I mean, I, I don't doubt that there aren't as many many minerals in the soil as there were in the past. But I don't you know I I haven't researched it. I tend to, uh, you know, believe that the marketplace will solve these problems because uh, I don't think government's uh, certainly going to. If it is really a problem, if that's really true, you know, that the the minerals are being just depleted. Well, I, I ask the question, and I'm no expert. I'm certainly no scientist. I know that when it comes to water, that doesn't go away. So why would you know all the other elements uh, go away? Well, right? Water like, falls from the sky, right? But uh, you know. Uh, I don't, I don't know how to put it, Mark. I mean, where, where does it all go, right? Does it just into the oceans, up? down down into the yeah. oceans? Where does everything go? Yeah. Things go from up to down, yeah, right. And so, if it goes in, you know, comes from up wherever that might be into you, and then gets, you know, goes down in your toilet and out some sewage treatment stuff, mm-hmm. and then you know, down into the water at some point yeah, or another. That's where it goes. Hmm. Yet people are living longer than ever. It, indeed, but uh, you know, is I mean, the argument that they're living uh, less desirable lives longer? I think that, that people the, are unhealthy in their old age. I think the argument is is that medical science has prolonged the life of people of, of people, but that doesn't even say anything about their nutrition. Well, if you're eating poorly, will medical science be able to save you? How much better would it be be for you if you're eating better? I know, that's a good question. 855-450-FREE. You can bring up anything you want here. Hour number three is next. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. 
I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. We're here for you. Take your calls about whatever you want. 855-450-FREE. That's toll-free. It's brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-855-450-3733. And joining you in the studio, it's Ian. And Mark. Uh, we'll go right back into your phone calls. Coming up, I promise you, at some point, we will get to, hopefully. <laughs> I promise that, How hopefully. How do you promise, hopefully? We'll get to uh, the story about the garden being destroyed in Toronto by government bureaucrats. I promise you that we intend to do that. We do intend that. Uh, but your call's primary element here, Nico, is on the line in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live listening to LRN.FM. Hi, how are you guys doing? Hey, Nico, what's on your mind? Um, actually, really quickly, as an aside, I have to comment on what you guys are talking about. Um, I actually did listen to an interview um, with Ray Kurzweil on triangulation, and he was talking about this concept and the singularity and, and all that. Was, Wait a second. Actually, I'm not sure what triangulation is. Could you explain it? I uh, mean, to me, that means how you tri- find a uh, pirate broadcaster. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, triangulation is a show, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of This Week in Tech, but it's a yes. podcasting netcasting network and that's one of their shows um but the the more important point was that they just they interviewed him um and he he talked about the concept of singularity and kind of of my feelings and i guess the similar aspect of exponential growth with computers is that humans are the population is exponentially growing and i i do think there is a point at which the earth itself will not have enough resources to sustain a population and I don't think there's any sort of market or non-market that could solve that unless we go somewhere else. There is a um, th- th- there's a, a TED out there, and this is one of these uh, technology education designs, Design. mm-hmm. something like that. I'm not sure exactly what uh, what the TED stands for, but um, it talks about global. Uh, population and a lot of people are very concerned with the population growth that are go- is going on and certainly if it ki- if it continues at the rate that it's going it could be a problem but the the fact is is that uh, you know, what they show is that people who are not in cities have more children than people who are in cities immediately upon moving to cities people begin to have uh, fewer children because mm. children aren't an asset when you live out in a farm they're an asset you can make them work when you're in the city they're not an asset you have to feed them and you really can't make them work unless I suppose you turn them onto the street into beggar thieves or something like that and a lot of people are not willing to do that and the so what they're showing is is that as uh, the agricultural revolution reaches these other places in the world, that more people move into the city, have fewer children, and that the human population, they're guessing, is going to stop somewhere between 10 and 13 mil. Bill, billion, excuse me. I never thought of that. Um, 
but I guess the market would for, sort of force people to stop having children at some point. Yeah. Um, I actually called in to talk about uh, globalization, um, if you don't mind, because I guess uh, I've always been traditionally a supporter of globalization, and I never really bought onto those whole sweatshop slavery ideas, and I think that's a little ridiculous. Um, but um, I, I actually was listening to Common Sense with Dan Carlin. I actually heard about them through you guys. You advertised them, and I listened to them a lot lately. Um, and he was talking about it and talking about why globalization is bad, and one of his main points was that we uh, there were some people that predicted the problems that we're having now with it, and that is that there's a lot of people in the United States who would like to work those same jobs, but they cannot compete um, with other people around the world who are willing to work for wages that we simply could not find acceptable in this country. And, and Americans don't want to lower their standard of living to that point. So which which jobs are you talking about? Are you talking about jobs like sewing garments? Um, I'm not really actually talking about like textile work. I'm actually talking more about, more recently, more skilled labor even, um, you know, producing technology, um, but even unskilled labor, uh, like mining and things like that. So... It could be skilled. Yeah, I'm, I'm certain that there, there's it. all kinds of people that want to get paid to do certain work, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Um, why is, why is it bad that uh, the consumer can get the same service for less? I, I don't think it is bad. Uh, I actually think it's a good thing, and I think it's a good thing that globalization helps developing nations um, actually do better and, and move up. I guess the economic Well, what's ladder. the alternative to have an insular uh, production capacity in just the United States and not uh, have products made anywhere else? Is that the alternative to globalization? Cause, I, uh, I, I mean, I think a lot of people could fi- find different alternatives. I think one that the majority of people who aren't quite um, on par with the idea that we should help developing nations in that way would do economic um, trade with countries that have similar standard of living. I you know, I want to support globalization. Don't get me wrong. I'm not but, trying. But to people argue. aren't making. Uh, no, I'm not saying that you are. I'm just asking. You know, devil's advocate. Uh, that yeah. you know the people. The people in the other countries with the same standards of living aren't doing those tasks, right? Like somebody in Sweden is probably not working at a uh, garment manufacturer. Yeah, but at the same time. There's a lot of uh, factory work and, and things like that um, and mining and other other uh, industries that Americans have done a lot more of in the past. And several companies have said, we just cannot compete anymore. Well, we want to do business in America, but these countries are willing to do it for a lot less. And sure. If we don't move it happens. over there... And our competitors are moving there. We're just gonna we're gonna go bankrupt. It has happened absolutely. This has happened to companies, and there's lots of reasons why people don't like freedom. I think there's seven thousand federal employees that make more than governors of states do, um, and you can imagine if you go to those people and you take away their big fat government paycheck and say you're going to have to go out, they're going to wail and moan about how freedom stinks, and that's you know that's what it comes down to is is if I have the option of buying the same good, same or similar good from two different places, price is going to be an issue. And if you don't like price being an issue, 
What are you going to do about it? Well, Who are you going to point a gun at? Is well, as really long the question. As, well, the problem is, one of the problems, of course, and I mean, I'm sure I'm telling you something you already know, Nico, but for everybody else that may, yes. may be hearing, hearing this conversation for the first time, uh, that uh, the, the problem is, the reason why a lot of companies move out of the U.S. is because of the regulatory burden. So we're right back to the conversation we we're having about healthcare. It also affects other businesses as well. Just there's different regulatory agencies, different regulations, different uh, laws in place that just make it so... Business costs so much to do here that it can do it. They can be done. It can be done for less pretty much anywhere else. And uh, so they'll go wherever else they can do it. If, if it's if it costs less to go somewhere else and do it less for less and plus the cost of shipping over here, if it still costs less, they're going to do it somewhere but else. Things are turning around on this uh, particular issue. Some businesses are moving back just because it's costing more to move things around the globe because of the cost of fuel or something yeah, like that. Something or? like that is it, it's been occurring. So there is well, the market's going to respond, but that's not that's not the solution either, though. Mark is to well, let's raise the cost of fuel so everybody has to come back. I'm here. not claiming you raise no, the cost. I'm of not fuel. saying you're claiming. That I'm just saying that's not the solution is to have costs rise everywhere and then hope that people are going to come back here, uh, even with all the regulations. It's like the healthcare thing. The best solution is to get the government out of the way, stop all the trade restrictions, stop all of the trade, you know, the tariffs, all of the regulations, let the, the industries let the industries regulate themselves through the marketplace. See, the thing when you when you say to somebody, well, we shouldn't have government regulations, they think to themselves, oh my God, sweatshops, we're going to have torture and uh, people are going to be chained to machines. And they're going to be working 40-hour days, and uh, you know they're going to have all kind of ridiculous uh, beliefs that are not founded in the reality of what will actually happen in the free market, which is, of course, that businesses will compete based on their employment situations with other businesses for the best employees. That's why there's air conditioning in businesses. That's why there are you know benefits and things that make jobs attractive. It's because they want the jobs to be attractive to the best workers, and you don't need the government to mandate any of that stuff. I think, I think my main concern, um, and I hope there's a free market way to address this. I really honestly do. Um, but my main concern, and I know ridiculously greedy of me, I'm just going to say that up front, but I don't want to let go of the standard of life that I have and see to a point of a similar standard of living of a lot of these developing nations. Well, you wouldn't have that. to let go of anything. If you want to hang on, we can talk about that in a moment. 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number. Uh, getting rid of regulations doesn't hurt your standard of living. It actually will make it better. We'll explain. It's Free Talk Live. You can take control. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keene. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keene has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want here with you tonight. It's Ian. And Mark. 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us over at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that we give to you on the website. Uh, There are a number of them there for you. The Shrine of Female Listeners is one. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine over at shrine.freetalklive.com. It is essentially a list of photo photographic entries of the ladies, many of them, who listen to this radio program and who have listened over the years. Uh, so you can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. 
Ian, have you been paying attention to the price of Bitcoins today? Um, I saw my phone earlier. I've got one of those Bitcoin widgets, and it has surpassed twelve fifty. Right? What did it? It's at a uh, you know like a twelve month high at this point. Um, so you know, I think it's at twelve seventy three right now. Is what man, it says I on meant my to phone. buy some last week, and I just didn't get around to it. And they're going to be more this week. Maybe. Well, you can't predict, but no. Well, they're more right now. They are. You can get bitcoins uh, from bitinstant.com. Bitinstant.com makes it easy for you. Is all you have to go do is go there, uh, find the location that's near you, get a deposit number, go deposit cash. In many cases, you could do so completely anonymously. I've gone to a major bank here in town, deposited money in an account. No one asked me for any kind of identification whatsoever. Um, I had my bitcoins by the time I returned home. It's bitinstant.com. Uh, they've got more than seven, excuse me, more than a million locations Woo. around the world, more than 30 countries. Bitinstant.com. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, they went from three countries to 30 countries, and they are seriously doing good business over there. They are. Um, you know, I was actually just talking to Eric from bitinstant.com today. Was he on Ernie's show this morning? I don't know. Ernie had somebody named Eric on, and I didn't listen long enough to uh, be able to hear it. Or Declare Your Independence is uh, it's one of our friends that produces a morning show on lrn.fm and they were talking all about the bitcoin and it sounded like ernie it was really you know ernie's first time really digging into the topic and he was getting excited about it so uh so you know the more people that find out about this the more they spread the word about it because there's no cost uh, involved except for the cost of transferring currency from one currency to the next once you get the bitcoins it costs you nothing to send the bitcoins across the world to somebody else virtually nothing you can opt out of giving the like a fraction of a cent to I don't miners. see that option on when I go to to send it anymore. You've got to go into the little gizmo in the into the thing to hmm. reset it. I guess. Okay, I thought you had to opt into sending that, uh, hmm. but maybe I'm mistaken. We would we need to get a Bitcoin expert on here to uh, talk any more about. It. That's my understanding. Well, I don't need an expert. I can just go look through the program. It's a fraction of a penny. Who cares? Yeah, uh, but no, I mean you you don't have to pay that. It's what you're talking about is this little bit tiny bit that you add to the end as a voluntary contribution to like the bitcoin experience or something like that uh, but uh, the cost is zero to send money from point a to point b correct uh so we go to uh, back to nico he's uh, listening in illinois and we've been talking about globalization and i think that's kind of a buzzword basically the idea of products being manufactured elsewhere and somehow that that is a bad thing uh it's not i mean the the idea of products there's going- more manufacturing going on in the united states right now than there ever has in the united states history really yes according absolutely. to i i don't have the the citation here in front of me you just made like made it sound like that's not a true statement i can go ahead and take a look um i've got i looked at it in the last week hmm. but i don't have a citation here in front of me okay that's interesting because uh, you know it's not what they want you to think right they want you to think we're losing all these jobs and it's true that a lot of jobs have gone overseas I mean, there is a lot of manufacturing that doesn't happen here. You know, not, not very many people make, make, making shoes in the United States. So there are certain product categories that just don't get made here. Uh, and Nico, you uh, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. You had said before the break that you were concerned about your quality of life. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you were saying there? Um, um, actually, uh, on Dan Carlin's show, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him or not. If you remember yeah. that you advertised. Him. Yeah, Mark, okay. has, Mark has interviewed him uh, a number of times. Oh, really? I'd like to actually listen to one of those interviews if you, you could point me there sometime. Um, but he, on his show about globalization, um, said that there was a, and, and I forgot the article that he was quoting, but in Australia there was a mine, I believe, that shut down because 
they basically wanted the workers to lower their standards to compete with the miners in Africa, who basically, you know, get almost nothing a day and barely have any money to live on. And the point was that why should people in Western uh, countries who have a decent standard of living have to lower their standard of living in order to compete with these other uh, nations who are willing to work at a much, much lower cost. What you're doing is you're thinking of miners as miners, and miners aren't miners. Miners are people, and people can change jobs. When the car came along, what you didn't see is a bunch of people out with signs protesting the horseless carriage because it's going to put the farriers and the blacksmiths out of work. But it did. It used to be that there were black, a lot more blacksmiths per individual in this country than there currently are. And you can imagine the amount of work that people that put shoes on horses had. But that's yeah. changed. And the world has not spiraled into some kind of decay because of it. What the fact is, is the United States worker is far better equipped to take over more skilled jobs than other places are. I mean, if you'll go, if you'll talk to people who try to run multinational businesses, they say, we can't run a company in X country because you can't even get a building built there. They don't know how to do it. They don't have the expertise. And whereas the American worker, just because by, by dent of being in the United States, has all kinds of skills that go completely unnoticed. And those people are far more ready to step into that next role. The simple fact that you can't, uh, you know, you can't, there aren't as many miners as there used to be doesn't mean that the person who lost a job in a mine rolled over, laid on his couch, and never worked again. Right. He, went, he went out or he or she went out and got another job and became another thing. I have done a great deal and of may different have had jobs their... in my life. And a lot of times it's been my experience just observing people that have been in my life who've lost a job for instance who've ended up with something better i mean they they you know for whatever reason they get the axe or something happens with their job and then all of a sudden the next gig is even better than the last that one that can they, happen i'm certain the the opposite happens too sure but just because you lose your job doesn't mean that your standard of living is going to go down nope so there's that. And then there's also the standard of living aspect that let's, let's just say you're insulated. Let's say, uh, Nico, you do something that there's no chance it's ever going to go away. Uh, your standard of living Plumber. benefits because of globalization, because of people doing work all across the globe at the lowest possible price. You benefit because those savings are passed on. I mean, the reason why the work goes elsewhere is because it's cheaper. Therefore, those companies can offer those products at a lower price. Therefore, when you go shopping, your dollar buys more, which it's hard to do considering the dollar is constantly being devalued. It really shows the power of the marketplace in that prices can still go down even with a de continual devaluation of the dollar. That's the marketplace that's doing that work uh, the, uh, despite the dollar. And so, you know, what you have is the, all these products are being manufactured around the world. That means that you have more money to spend at the end of the week, which means your standard of living goes up as a result of that. Now, if we actually had a sound currency, your standard of living would be even better because then the Federal Reserve and their cronies wouldn't be robbing it out from underneath you. And I thank you for the call and the discussion tonight. Appreciate it. At 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves. One eight five five four five zero three seven three three. This is Free Talk Live. 
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com, lots of stuff. We give it away. Uh, Those include... Our archives, which go way back to late 2006, you can go to freetalklive.com, grab the last seven days worth right at the top of the page, and then if you'd like more archives, there's a SoundCloud link on the left-hand side of the page under Listen and Share. You can click that and go back for years worth, plus get Edgington Post episodes through our SoundCloud page as well. And uh, it's all there over at freetalklive.com, and it's completely free. Also, if, you, uh, want, if you're interested in Bitcoins, we were just talking about them in the last segment. If you're interested in Bitcoins and you've got some Bitcoins, you need to have some place to keep them. Certainly, you may download the wallet, but um, some people want to be able to keep them online. And blockchain.info makes it easy for you. It's an online Bitcoin wallet that also has apps for uh, Android or, and jailbroken iPhones. They actually has apps for regular iPhone, too. It just has limited uh, features. Um, and it's got all kinds of fancy encryption techniques. Um, they never even have access to your money. They don't know what you're sending or receiving or how much you have in your account or anything like that. But you can send and receive money uh, to people. You can send money to people via their email or their Facebook page, uh, pages or to anyone's cell phone number in just about any country around the world. And you can see that if you can send money to people's email, how this could be a you know, world-changing technology. It's amazing what Bitcoins are going to do. I think that the most radical change, uh, radical technology change that we've had since the internet. Uh, you can go find out more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org, and you can go get uh, the free your free online wallet at blockchain.info. Okay, so there's one more aspect of this globalization discussion that wasn't really brought up in that that discussion with Nico that I yep. thought was important to address for anybody you know coming across this issue and, and listening to this. And somebody out there is probably saying to themselves, boy, you guys, you just don't care about the workers around the world. I mean, you just want to cut costs to the bone and uh, you know all you care about is your standard of living. You just don't care about those other people. They're making pennies. You don't, you don't understand that uh, what it's like to live on pennies per day, Mark. You guys are spoiled. You're here in the United States. There's plenty of food around. You're getting paid uh, very good paychecks in comparison to the rest of the world. And how, you know, how dare you just advocate that people get paid next to nothing so you can have a cheap pair of shoes? I'm reasonably certain I do care about uh, people's standard of living because I donate money in the form of uh, microloans through Kiva.org. I'm pretty sure I care about other people around the world. Now, let me defend my economics. 
if you don't give if people don't uh, work for pennies an hour or whatever it is and you pick your country i don't know which country they they're making shoes in this year you know maybe it's china maybe it's bangladesh i have no idea you pick your country you pick your wage let's say there are people working for a dime an hour in china right now making nike's in conditions that really really stink now why are they working for dimes an hour in conditions that really, really stink in China? Because they could always work on the family farm and do subsistence dirt farming, right? That's what's been going on all along in China. There's plenty of land in China. They can continue to do that. Why don't they do it? Because dirt farming, subsistence farming stinks. And working for a dime an hour is better than doing that work in their opinion. So they're actually getting an upgrade in their lifestyle. The fact is that in the past, 100 years ago, Americans were sacrificing so that their children could have a better life, and that's what those people are doing. They're having the best life they can and going to provide the best life they can to their children. And frankly, that's what everybody who's listening to my voice is doing, too. Yes, we enjoy a great standard of living here in the United States, and yes, we're going about uh, you know our lives in a way that's enjoyable to, for a lot of us, but you're also putting hopefully putting money away for your kids so that they have a better lifestyle too. If not, you should take a lesson from the person working from a dime an hour in the sweatshop in China because that's what they're doing. So mm. all it is is it's a step up, I, and they have to go through it. There's no way to short circuit it. It'd be great to press a button tomorrow morning and set the whole world at the same you know economic strata and have everybody have all these countries have already passed through the industrial revolution and you know go through those you know the same processes that the folks in this country went through years prior but it just doesn't work that way there's a process that people have to go through of constantly upgrading that quality of living and upgrading the pay that goes uh, goes along with it right if we uh, if somehow i was able to wave a magic wand and create a uh, a factory in china next to this factory that makes shoes for 10 cents an hour or whatever uh, that paid a living wage quote unquote whatever and that means whatever the person who's thinking about it wants wants it to mean so an american who has no idea what the economy is like in those other places so 30 dollars an hour plus benefits plus air conditioning and all the other um, you know potty breaks and uh, you know can you uh, imagine what those ipods would cost if uh, you know those, those workers were getting 30 dollars well, well i can tell you a lot of americans wouldn't have ipods yeah so that would then, uh, you know, at that point, there would be fewer workers at the factory right. because there would be, they would need to manufacture fewer iPods. Yep. But the people who advocate this stuff don't understand economics. Right. Math doesn't bother them because they don't think about it. No, all However, they think about is what they would, how they would feel if they were getting paid thirty. Cents right. An it's hour. all about how do you feel, and I'll tell you, how do you feel about how Americans were treated in factories 120 years ago? Those people wanted desperately to provide a better life for their families, and all you're going to do. Is take it away from them with all these mandates. It's true, whatever you can't they legislate might be. This. All you can do is take it away. I mean, the fact is, there's nobody in North Korea that's working in a sweatshop to build iPods, but they have the worst standard of living in the world. 
That's right. They can't get those jobs because those companies aren't allowed to, to uh, open up there. There's no, there's nothing even resembling a marketplace that has any level of uh, of openness. And in China now, they have the ability to have more, you know, business. And and they've been constantly upgrading in China for the last several decades. The uh, the product quality is uh, much more. There's much greater variety in the product quality that's available out of China. It used to be China was known for a bunch of junk uh, many many years ago, and now you can get some pretty good product out of there. Depending depending on the segment and all that. If you were able to create this factory with $30 an hour, it wouldn't be the dirt farmers that would staff it. It would be the people that uh, had the, you know, the, the people that had the influence in the China. Elites. Right, sure. they would be running off to make shoes in your factory. If you still wouldn't be helping the poor guy. Mm, You're never going to be able to help the poor guy by mandating price controls and things yep. like that. It just doesn't make any sense. And I'd like if to go If you think on it does make further. sense, Offer, you know, see see what it would cost to run a burger joint at thirty bucks an hour here in this country. Yeah, why what not the offer a living cost? wage? Go ahead and open your own burger joint with thirty dollars an hour and compete. Because all you could do is mandate that other burger joints, uh, you know, go at thirty dollars an hour, and at which point Americans will eat fewer burgers. They'll, go, they'll stay burgers, home because burgers will cost ten dollars a piece, and people right. won't want them anymore. Yep. Yay! You've destroyed the burger industry. Fat lot of good you did. In um, Haiti, they used to have skilled labor in creating baseballs. That's where they created the baseballs of the world was Haiti. Mm. Then I guess it was Papa Doc goes in, uh, gets into power in some way, decides to nationalize the uh, the, the the baseball making industry oh, no. because it's because it's profitable. And these companies they don't feel safe there anymore, and they move. Now consider it's skilled labor to create a baseball. Yep. You ca- I couldn't create a baseball today. Somebody would have to teach me to do that. It costs money to pick up and move your factory. If you've ever moved a house, consider what it's like to move a business. It's a hundred times, a thousand times, ten thousand times harder to move your factory than it is to move your mm. home. Oh yeah, and they do it though. They picked up and they moved it, and they moved it to other other locations because it was worth it to them to do it. They couldn't trust the environment. Take a look at what's happening in Venezuela as Hugo Chavez just threatens to nationalize things. This puts people. People's jobs on a on poor footing. The fact is, the marketplace is truly driven by fear, and that's what that's that's what it comes down to. When you scare businesses, they're not going to do business in your country, and that's what nationalizing is essentially what people are talking about when they say, "Well, people need to get paid a living wage in foreign countries." That's what you're talking about is nationalization because you must act as God. I don't know if I like the statement the marketplace is driven by fear. I want to. I'm not afraid uh, when I do my business in the marketplace. I want to please my customers and and then the I know that market, good things will come. Markets. I don't know how to. What other terms to use? Okay. Eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Uh, you can you can share your thoughts here in moments. Free talk live. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that are on the site. We give them to you, and if you like this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by going to promote.freetalklive.com. Promote.freetalklive.com. Different tools are available there for you to spread the idea about this show and get Free Talk Live to more ears, including a free bumper sticker. You can get instructions on how to get one at promote.freetalklive.com. Now, Mark, you made a statement that uh, I, I agreed with everything that you said up until you made that the, this one statement about the marketplace. 
And the statement was that the marketplace is driven by fear. And I don't know if I agree with that because when I do business, I'm not doing it because of fear. I'm doing it because I love it. And I want to give my customers and the people, you know, and my customers are myriad. They are the the listeners of the show. They are the people that contribute to the show. They are the advertisers on the show. They are the radio stations that carry the show. Uh, So I want to give my customers what they want. And I know that in return, they'll give me what I want because that's how this wonderful world tends to work. I love that a concept, and I really think it's great. And when the marketplace works that way, I think it's at its best. However, why do you buy insurance? Uh, because you have to in most places. <laughs> <laughs> okay. People- no, but you do because you do, you buy insurance because you know accidents happen and uh, it helps cover those costs so your family isn't completely devastated. Sure, you know accidents it's happen, reasonable but you concern. don't know how often they happen and you don't know they when don't they're They don't happen gonna- that often. Right. And also, if you were to put the money Otherwise, away- they'd be called regularities, not uh, accidents. If, if you were to put the money away that you had for, that you, uh, the money that you pay on insurance premiums away- for the rainy day, then the chances are good that you'd be able to pay off whatever the accident was that occurred, right? That's possible if you have the discipline to uh, to, to do that saving, sure. So, so a lot of insurance sales is really about, and, and for instance, uh, you know, the sales is of Is it about alarms. fear? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of products that are sold based on fear. And I'll tell you, selling on fear is how I was taught to sell in this business, mm. and I don't do it anymore because I don't want to live that way. I don't, want to, I don't want to bring the fear up in myself in order to pass it on to somebody else. I won't live that way, but I was taught to, hey, what, what happens if your uh, competitor advertises on Oldies 108 or mm. whatever the channel might be yeah. uh, that I was uh, taught on? What if they're advertising there and you're not? Mm. Now, that's how you sell, and that's how you're taught to sell in, in a lot of cases. Fear is a great sales tool. And if you'll look at, uh, for instance, the Bitcoin marketplace, I used this example during the break, and I think it's a great one. The Bitcoin marketplace is at this point a completely free market. Certainly, it's affected by the regulated market out there, but it's largely free. When a man named Pirate at 40 was uh, accused of scamming people out of 500,000 bitcoins. It was really more like 100,000 bitcoins, but that he claimed he was going to give 7% a week. So therefore, the the big number, after they were sort of owed, quote-unquote, uh, their 7% a week, is it would have come out to 500,000. It was really more like 100,000 bitcoins. Once people heard that there was a scam that went on, then the Bitcoin, Bitcoin marketplace went, you know, had this plummet in price. Because a bunch of people were selling? Because people got scared. Mm-hmm. And they sold. And this is how it is when, it, when you look at exchanges and markets. Now, I'm not sure mm-hmm. that, I, that the entire marketplace, the whole world of business is driven on fear, but fear is a very big motivator. Until you I'll realize, acknowledge that. Until you realize that humans are really just— As long as you've taken back your statement that— I'm not, Well, I didn't take back my statement. I'm clarifying it because I think yeah. that the marketplace that I was referring to was like the stock marketplace. Oh, because the market as a whole is giving people what they want, and it's giving them at a price they're willing to pay. Otherwise, they wouldn't. Right. Agreed. So more, mostly the marketplace is a very positive place with lots of choices. Sure, but great- until you figure in fear, you don't understand the purchasing habits of anybody. Until fear is in the equation, yeah. then then you don't get it. It does drive a lot of uh, business, no and, doubt and about it. You'd be surprised how much of your business it drives even when you're not thinking about it. I get you, man. Fear is a huge problem that uh, I think that uh, humans are struggling with in general and in a lot of different ways in their life. But what were you going to say about the humans at the fire? Oh, well, uh, until you understand that humans are little primates sitting by the glow of the fire, looking out into the dark, wondering what's going to eat them next, (laughs) you don't understand humans.
I gotcha. Uh, so 855-450-FREE. Hey, uh, the garden story that we mentioned at the very beginning of the show, something's happening in Toronto with a community garden being torn up by government bureaucrats. What is it? Well, this is from ActivistPost.com. It's a blog post, and it says, uh, Amid a growing food crisis, this morning workers in the city of Toronto were ordered by City of Toronto Parks Director Richard Ubbins, 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 that all live plants and food be removed from the People's Peas Garden in Queen's Park. They were ordered to take the plants and the food and to dump and lay facade over top um, of all this uh, beautiful free community food garden without warning, without a chance to remove the rare heirloom plant species or harvest the food. And I see them taking giant plants and just shoving them into barrels here. It's a terrible, terrible waste. Gosh. The garden was planted by Occupy Gardens and allies on May the 1st in defense of local and food security. What this says to me is this is a park where somebody decided to make a community garden without Good any kind them. of approval. Uh, like a la the diggers from the 17th century English Or what Revolution. happened here in Keene a few years ago where someone attempted to do that in Central Square and was arrested. Yep. And while the garden had been growing undisturbed, for nearly five months with the help of hundreds in the community. So this was going on yeah. for five months. They let them tend this garden. And then at harvest time, let me tell you, continue with the story here because this is better the way they say it. The city deliberately decided to have it removed on the eve of the autumn jam, a harvest party in celebration of oh. sharing community and free local food, which was happening tomorrow, um, which was is uh, So yesterday. they were going to have a party to harvest the food because it was ready to rock. And then the government came in the night before. Yes, the day before. This wow, is that's crazy. It's right, true. Eve means uh, the day before. You're right. Yeah, yeah. This is, I mean, it's 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 nuts. I mean, you're you're talking. Was this the about- Toronto Star Sun? No. No, this so, is just activistpost.com. Oh, okay. Just a Sorry. blog post uh, by an individual here, and I'm, you know, I mean, this is. If you were not going to let them grow the garden, you should have done something about it initially. If you were going to let them, I mean, to to take the food so and destroy wasteful. it right before this God. this party where they're going to give away a bunch of free food to people who need it in the worst economy of our lifetimes is a sickness that only a petty tyrant could uh, come up with. This is nuts. They should have, yeah. or let them harvest the food and then put signs out that say, this will no longer be tolerated or whatever. Unbelievable. But, I mean, this is sick to kill these people's plants. Who could, who could support this? I mean, is there anybody that could possibly support it? Uh, you're welcome to share your thoughts. If you don't get in tonight, call us about it uh, tomorrow. Let's go to Pratt listening on uh, XM Satellite Radio's America's Talk. Hey, Pratt. Pratt, you got to listen on your cell phone. Not your radio, because XM's two hours delayed, so you'll never hear us call. <laughs> it's a long delay on XM. <laughs> see you later. Tell you what, I'm going to put Pratt on hold. Uh, he's probably not going to come back, though, but I'll have the board op check on him and see if he got a clue. Uh, yeah, by the way, talk radio tip uh, for anybody that's planning on calling in. You have to listen on your phone, because we've got delays built into the broadcast. Even if you're listening on a station airing us live, we're still delayed slightly by a few seconds because of what they call you know, a broadcast delay, which allows us to protect our radio stations from hearing the F-bomb go out over the airwaves. So either way, you know, if, you, if you're listening to a live station, you pick up the phone and you're listening on the station, you're going to hear us seven or eight seconds later or something like that. And then, uh, then you'll get on your phone and we'll talk to you. In Pratt's case, if that person is uh, on the uh, listening on a delayed broadcast, then you'll never hear it. But apparently he has turned off his radio. And Pratt, are you with us? Yes, I am. Excellent, sir. Go ahead with your thoughts. 
Uh, yeah, I, was, uh, I heard you better talking about the service a while ago, and I want to add mine to it. I, I was in uh, uh, Vietnam before before it became a war, and uh, they sent us on missions and that that we had to do, and uh, I did those. But when I got out, since I wasn't in wartime, I don't get nothing for what I did over there. Oh man, I got, I got Agent Orange and everything, but uh, but. They won't classify me as that because of the fact that when I was over there, I spent some time, quite a bit of time over there, and had six months left to do. So I had to go back to the States, but I wanted to stay over there. And the but reason for denying on. you the coverage was what? I missed that. Do what? The reason for denying you the service was what? I missed that point. Oh, de- denying my services because I, I wasn't in wartime. Right. He was over in French Indochina before it was Vietnam, and they were doing missions before it was considered you know, whatever deployment. It wasn't actually ever yeah, declared a yeah. war, but um, right. he didn't get the, he didn't get the same benefits that other soldiers did in that area. No, uh, I don't. Because they weren't promised to you? Uh, no, I tried, but they, they wouldn't give it to me because the fact that when I come back, I got back to the States and my whole world turned upside down on me. Pratt, thanks for sharing your thoughts, man. We're out of time tonight, but I do appreciate hearing from you, and your story is not uncommon. I yeah. certainly appreciate the if story. If there's more to your story, you Feel can free call, to call tomorrow night. Always yeah, call no problem. Anytime. We start the show at 7 o'clock at night, Eastern Time, every night. Uh, so we'll see you then. Online in the meantime, at freetalklive.com. It's Change Your Words, Change Your Life. A daily minute program to help you understand the power of every word you speak. Here's New York Times bestselling author, Joyce Meyer. You know, love sometimes must be tough in its choices and decisions about how to deal with people. For example, it's often harder to say no to your children than it would be to say yes. Yet you know that you must say no for their own good. If they persist in their request, you will have to be firm in your decision, and this usually means firm voice tones. However, being firm does not mean yelling in anger, making accusations, and recalling verbally everything that they have ever done wrong. Be direct, stay calm, firm, and decisive, but try not to let your emotions rule you. When we behave emotionally, we often lose the respect of the very people we are attempting to deal with. For Change Your Words, Change Your Life, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information and insight on how you can change your words and change your life, please visit Joyce Meyer, spelled M-E-Y-E-R, dot O-R-G. The words we speak can affect our lives in positive and negative ways. In her new book, Change Your Words, Change Your Life, best-selling author and internationally acclaimed teacher Joyce Meyer examines the power of words that convey our thoughts and emotions. She discusses how our words can increase or decrease our level of joy and how they can have a positive or negative effect on our future. Change Your Words, Change Your Life, the latest book from New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold.